senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good day, everyone. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick. You are not. And with me, my co-host all the way across that Atlantic Ocean, which is raising in temperature and soon be as warm as bath water, is the god of infrasound and the gold standard in ghost hunting, Steve Parsons. Good evening. Oh, it's evening over there. It's nighttime over here. It's dark, windy, stormy. Really? Hmm. Yeah. We've got what, times get, what times does oh. it get dark there? Uh, well, if it wasn't so dark and stormy, it wouldn't actually be properly dark yet. <clears throat> but we're having um, Wait, a bit of a summer storm. You didn't storm. answer my question, really. What time does it get uh, dark? About now. So 11-ish? About 11 ish at the moment, yeah. Okay, that's pretty late. Doesn't it gets dark around 8 ish around here? So, well, we're no. a bit further north than you. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, you're down as there. you pointed out to me. Yeah, you're down at the latitude of Portugal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was weird anyway. So, that's the story. Nice down in Portugal. Mm. Anyway, uh, anyway um, I was uh, looking at the, the latest news. Oh, this should been reading books. Oh, no. I had to read something else instead. It seems like winged creatures now are the new thing. Like, everybody's reporting winged creatures. Well, UFOs, but winged creatures. Well, well, I was going to say, except Congress, because they're reporting non-human UAP occupants. Captured by the American government, aren't they? Yeah, I, I was going to get into that, but I was figured we'd start with this. That's fine. We can go okay. that way. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I'll go with that. Yeah, okay. you're absolutely right. Uh, they, there Very are a couple topical. of mil- <laughs> military people there that uh, yep, said that their government's covering it up. And quite frankly, I don't give a crap one way or the other. <laughs> well, you would if your next door neighbor was an alien. I could kill us. She doesn't bug me. <laughs> well, she might be a giant bug. Live and let live, you know. That's yeah, until they start that from eat... the sixties, you know. Yeah, till they eat your pet cats and dogs. Ah, that's all right. I never liked them anyway. Well, that's very uh, liberal-minded of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they gotta eat. So what the heck? It is what it is. But you know what thought I heard actually in this in this te- in this news report that I was watching uh, on this thing, and uh, there were some scientists saying that these aliens can't live in our atmosphere. 
So we have nothing to worry about, really. It's the way I look at it. Well, how are they getting? How are they? They're in their little spaceships, they... but when they crash, oh, they're screwed. Oh, I see. See, if they're little encounter suits, if they no, have I mean, them. I mean, <laughs> this has got to be one of the biggest stories that's a non-story ever, because. I, I I think everybody, anybody, if you if you ask a large number of the population, you're going to get one of two answers, aren't you? Either it's all fooey, and there is no such thing as little green men from Mars, mm-hmm. or well, we've known about it for years. The government have been hiding them, and uh, they're all in Area 51 camping, and uh, they're all in Democratic Party. Oh, they're all in the Democratic Party. They're all in the White House anyway. Yeah, the White House anyway. So, uh, yeah, it's either, you know, I mean, it used to be said that they could never tell the po- the population, they could never reveal this secret to the population because ma- mad panic would ensue. And yeah, the world so. would, you know, the law and order would break down and people yeah. would, would, you know, take to the streets and take drugs. and But, you know, look at Philadelphia and Los Angeles now. <laughs> An alien invasion now would probably be a good thing. Yeah, that's fair enough. So anything that unites us is like something that's well, we, uh, a threat yeah. and, you know, unites the world. What's that song? It's the end of the world as we know it. Hmm. Ah, tis, tis, tis. So. But it is interesting, you know, and if, um, if, it's interesting to follow these uh, congressional. Well, yeah, look, and if they're not if they're not taking jobs from Americans and they're not messing around with us, then you know, fair enough. They want to come here and fly around. Let them do it. I could care less. I think the question is bigger and deeper than that. I mean, for example, how how what light does that cast on religion? Because the church would have to adopt these aliens. No, um, oh, no, no, no. Incorporate them. No, no, no. They would. No, no, no. You, you, the creationists would be, would be, you know, this idea that God created man from no, Adam God, and Eve, and if if he did, yes, that's well, all fine because uh, it's well, all on well, Earth, well, all on Earth. So what difference is it if well, he created God, a different tribe of life is, on another planet? But what was Are God we, doing with life on planet Zog? Or is that a different God? No, it's the same God. He was, it's like, okay, man, I screwed up with this planet, have... so I'm going to try something new on the other planet, so I make them different, which is what well, they which, are, supposedly. Which, which, which book of the Bible was that? Which book of the Bible? Yeah, I mean, you know, on the seventh day, God created the you know, man and blah, blah, blah. And on the eighth day, he thought, no, that's Hello? rubbish. Hello? I'm going to go off to do... I'm going to go off and do that other planet now, um, and I'm going to make them have doesn't tell you heads. what he did after us, does it? It's nowhere in the Bible. We are just like dealing with our own world once the the Bible well, hits. Yeah, but it, I after mean, creation is all over, there's no more reference to anything else in the universe. So it's basically. I, I wonder. I wonder if our, I wonder if these aliens have their own Bibles and their own version of the creation story. They probably do. I wonder if they celebrate Christmas. They, well, that, you know, 
Christ would now, have to go. Interesting, Christ now, would... there's an interesting question. Why? I wonder if they celebrate like things like Christmas, or do they have their own holidays? And what holidays do they have on their planets? You know, what do they celebrate? You know, do they do they have an equivalent of like Thanksgiving, or do they all gather around and eat one another? Um, oh my God! Or, you're making these people out as like some kind of mad well, animals. Well, they might be. Oh, they no might sign be. of it. Well, according to one of the whistleblowers, these people, these aliens, aren't very friendly. Oh, that's a shame. But they can't breathe in our atmosphere. I don't care. Well, they're doing all right so far. How are they? Their ships are crashing all over the place, according to everybody. <laughs> We're capturing <laughs> bodies and everything and rebuilding this, and we've got all this alien technology. Oh, what are we doing with it? Exactly. Give me an example of alien alien technology. I can't think of anything. You know, I mean, look, I mean, our car, our cars haven't evolved in the last. We can't sort out electric. Vehicles. It would, it would be an aviation. Well, we, we we don't know what they're doing in aviation, do we? That's the problem. Around. So how do you know they're not getting it from alien technology? Is is flying around in all manner of kitchen paraphernalia, not just sources. Sure. So yeah, I don't know. To me, it's a non-story. I, like you said earlier, I just uh... it, well, it is kind of a non-story. I mean, the Loch Ness monster it either is or it isn't. But you know, people. But with this alien thing, you know, it's like. I think most people think it's fooey, and those who have an opinion, um, you know, oh, there must be life out there. If you said, oh, yeah, the aliens have been visiting us and have been for millennia, they'd go, yeah, so what? I don't think it would cause mass public panic. Hmm. Well, I mean, it didn't cause you and I to panic. No. No, but I think the government's not going to be laid back about the can whole thing. Can you chit chat for five minutes while I check your, check out to see who the hell is knocking at my door? Why would? You... <laughs> oh, please be two two men wearing black suits and a black. I'm uh, thinking. Black. I'm thinking, Steve. Check. Carry on. All right. Well, I'll try and give a running commentary. Um, well, hang on. That's better. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, you join me at a very tense, tense moment while uh, New England's own Van Helsing, after we've spoken about aliens and captured alien technology, he received a knock on the door. He's now going off to answer it live on the radio, on this broadcast. It was an alien. It was my wife. Why was she knocking on the door? I locked her out. <laughs> Picture, picture the scene view. Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. <laughs> I am not an alien. <laughs> no, but you're for the high jump later. <laughs> Ooh, UF, UFO report causes flight to be cancelled in Turkey. That's what we need. The, 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 the airlines are a mess now. Now we got to worry about UFOs cancelling flights. Found, man found dead on porch in Drake at <laughs> Multiple witness reports seeing jet fighters engage UFO over a bad axe, Michigan. 
multiple witnesses report very irate. <laughs> anyway, you saw winged. Yeah, you were talking about winged creep, winged critters. Well, I was going to, but I'm having too much fun with the UFOs. <laughs> what the musical? <laughs> I'm still just imagining the 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 fun and games you're going to get later, Ronnie. <laughs> you let me out. Former U.S. intelligence claims U.S. has recovered vehicles of non-human origin. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is good. I know it's good, but you know, there are questions that perhaps you know, in a show, a show like ours, that we should be dealing with. Yes, Las Vegas family claims to have seen aliens in their backyard after that object falls from well, the sky. That was, that was weeks ago. That was after that. Um, what was his name? Um, the American. That was in June, June tenth. June tenth. Yeah, the American whistleblower who worked for uh, had had high level government clearance came forward. Mm. Um, I, I think he was the first whistleblower. And probably All the right. reason why having these. I've got something view. right up to date for you, and it'll get Good us one, off man. topic and, and back on schedule. Man reports history of interaction with seemingly intelligent orbs. Moving on. What? That's right up your alley. Well, yeah, but you said that word, didn't you? You said orbs. I did. Actually, did. I was reading. I was no. I mean, all right. Then we'll we'll do that then. But because I was reading a UFO report, a recent one. All right, from, give me a UFO. We're still getting the UFOs. Well, bear with me. Uh, yeah. This this was from somewhere in Europe, quite recently, within the last week, and he described the uh, UAP which is the new term for UFO. Yeah, um, I know. It's so cool now. As an orb. Ooh, I like that. Now, he didn't say the size of it, but, you know, maybe maybe some of these orbs captured on camera are actually alien technology. If you, if yeah, you remember the... Well do, right? you remember, well, do you remember the Skinwalker Ranch episode where they captured the little mini Tic Tac? No, I don't CCTV. watch that stupid show. Excuse well, me. Appa- well, apparently one of their outdoor CCTV cameras captured one of these little mini Tic Tac UFO, UAPs, and it was about the size of a hummingbird. Um, oh, by so the way, so maybe this guy, guy was on the Skinwalker. This guy was on the Beyond the Skinwalker Ranch. Hang on, now you've lost me. Just, uh, just roll the clock back there a little bit. I'm just telling you, this guy. You oh, the guy. About, you talk, oh, okay. You talked about, yeah, North, North Carolina man, Christopher Bledsoe, 62, recently encountered a series of seemingly intelligent glowing orbs to, to the British tabloids. Hmm. Bledsoe told the tabloids that his experience began following a period of personal economic loss. I needed the money, so I had to come up with a. Oh, did I say that out loud? Excuse me. So, but if you scroll down further in this wonderful article, Bledsoe claims to have captured more than 2,000 videos of glowing orbs flying above his home over the past two years and spent seven days with the crew of History Channel series Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, during which Bledsoe said 
he could summon the orbs. Wait a minute, wait for it, using a prayer. So there you go. Oh, he's we got, not the first. We got religion, we got the orbs and aliens he's all in one little thing. He's not the first to make that claim. Um, the it was used in the Loch Ness monster case, for example, a guy called uh, oh, I can't remember his name now, but he he made certain sight uh, claims and predictions about the Loch Ness monster, including that um, you could pray for it and it would appear and he could communicate uh, with it. Oh, did it work? I don't know. That's what he said. I wasn't there to witness it. Oh, that's a shame. Incidentally, here's an anomaly, a question. The you show know, is an anomaly. Well, when you just read that news report there from one of the British tabloids, and it, yes. it does seem to be a, a something unique to tabloid press. Why do they always state the name, the age after the name? Well, that's important. Because there was a Martha Jameson, 46, and her husband, Bruce, 32. Yeah, that's a British And their thing, eldest right? son, Leopold, 37. Is that, that must be a British thing, right? It does seem to be, but you just did it there in your news report. Yeah, because this was on, in the tabloid. This oh, British tabloid. Yeah. Yeah, it's particularly weird. You see that in all British tabloids. You don't see it in the in the US. Um, you don't see, well. Apparently, you don't see it in the US. You don't see it in the British more uh, uh, what's it upmarket newsprint news media. But you only see it in the tabloids and these trashy magazines that they have on the on the shelves in the newsagent store, uh, where they always state the age. We we in like the United States do similar. When any we have any congressman or senator, we always say John Doe, Republican from Kansas, uh, or, or Samantha Smith, Democrat from Maine. Uh, you know, we, we have to tell the party affiliation before they go yeah, on with the story. But we always, we always, in every news story, it doesn't matter what the story is, whether it's a love triangle or an alien or, or you know, the house caught fire or anything. They always say you know, the name and the age. And I've always wondered, what is this obsession with people's ages? I don't know. Like, why does it matter? Why don't in they the, just in say... In the UK, it's a UK thing, so don't... It, it don't seems much. to be. Well, I, I, I presume then it was an American thing as well, which is why I raised it. But no. it is, it is in that case, it's predominantly British and a very strange thing to do. It, it it doesn't seem to serve any purpose. It, it it appears kind of a bit weirdly voyeuristic. You know, like their age is important, and it's 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 in everything in these sort of you know papers. You know, sports star. Um, you know, the 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 leader of the the local council, Jim Smith, thirty nine. Um, you know, in a cricket match today, the um, the wicketkeeper, James Williams, 43. It's like, huh? Yeah, it's going to be a British thing. What is this obsession with age? I don't know. I can't answer that. I'm not British. That is, I wonder if, I wonder if that is the same on alien planets. You know, oh, like, it could be. Like, Booga, booga, booga. Yeah, ooga booga, 496 million. And 
in the quarter. <laughs> well, actually, they're all going to be incredibly young, aren't they? Because if you travel faster than the speed of the uh, speed of light, don't you age backwards? Yeah, time. So we made up time, so it, it yeah. So if they're to... zipping around, if they're zipping around the universe at multiple times the speed of light, you know, it would be like ooga booga, three and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Everything happened at once, anyway. So it's, it's if you just... zip round, you know, if time does work backwards beyond the speed of light, if they go too far, would they actually kind of not exist? Mm, probably, because they would go back to before they were born or created mm-hmm. or built or stuck together with duct tape and super glue. Probably. And this continues. And last year, Singular 14 Society was contacted by Shane Taylor, 44, who wished to report <laughs> an encounter with multiple of seemingly, a multitude of seemingly friendly orange orbs oh, that's nice. on Christmas Eve 2014. And did these orange orbs on Christmas Eve 2014? St. Carol's. I, I was going to say, did they jingle like bells or did oh, they? They could, have, they could have blinked like Christmas lights. Well, were they Christmas lights? Oh, even interesting. Or had he been imbibing in the Christmas spirit a bit too, a bit too early? So anyways, our boy Bledsoe, age 42, <laughs> had, his, had his brain. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. He's an alien. Right. Because he was 62 yeah. before, so he's obviously traveled faster than the speed of light. 62? Oh, yeah, 62. I did that by rote. I should have never done that. All right. Anyways, so our boy Bledsoe, where is he now? Okay. Our boy Bledsoe had his brain analyzed by NASA and scientists at the Monroe Institute, which studies human consciousness. Oi, and Mr. Bledsoe, lend us your brain. There's a good yep. chap. And as part of the show, his brain signals were studied during interactions with the orbs. Oh. And what was the what was the name of this um, media gem that published this? Is, uh, the mirror uh, or the sun? Let me see. This this particular article comes from uh, Tobias and Emily Wayland, age thirty nine, twenty twenty three, and it is. Where the hell is this thing? Oh, the Singular, Singular Fortean Society. That's where it's in. Yeah, but which newspaper was it published in? Oh, the North Carolina, uh, the Daily Mail. There we go. There you go. Yeah, not a reputable. I, I had to get to it, but, you know, I had to find yeah, not it. Yeah, not, not one of the most reputable comics. Are the any of them reputable? Uh, tabloids? No. No, I don't think so. We call them well. We call them tabloids, but we also call them the red tops because red they, top? yeah, they have a red sort of title bar. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we call them the red tops. Oh, that's sweet. Anyway, as opposed to anything, you know, we also call people with ginger hair red tops as well, and other abusive that's names. Fair enough. Maybe they're aliens. Could be. All redheads are really aliens. Will it be well, I think I got, a, I got a notice there from something. What is it? Two minutes. Oh, damn. I never got to what I was going to talk about. Well, we've got to uh, get onto wing, winged beasts. No, actually, I need your, I wanted your expert's opinion as 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 a, uh, the gold standard in ghost hunting. Okay. 
So well, I have a we'll, big we'll, investigation let, coming up, and I just well, let's do the uh, the preamble for the ad break, and we'll pick that up afterwards. Okay, I suppose so. Anyways, the show is obviously brought to the brought to the attention of the world by the Daily Mail. No. Oh no, no, oh our ads. Oh yeah. Today's oh yes, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve and Ron right here on Tojinet. Brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Memorack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant, Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very good friends on Facebook. And Patreon. Oh yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I'm a mess. It must be the drugs for the stupid. Are you on that EMF stimulator again? I am on the thing. It can't you hear? You can't hear it ticking away, but it's driving me nuts. It's ticking away in my brain. It's driving our listeners nuts as well tonight. Yeah, through me. Anyways, uh, yes, we're our good friends on uh, what are we? Patreon, uh, Ghost Protocols Radio, Patreon. Yeah. Dead Air Society or the Dead Pirate Society or whatever. Yeah, Ghost Chronicles Radio Patreon. So check that out and become a member and help get this fabulous. They're never going to become a member after listening to the last half hour. Why? They learned all about UFOs. (laughs) All right, we'll be back. God help you all. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978 978- Four five five six six seven eight. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous, as we give awards to the Parrax family. And welcome back to the second half of tonight's shit show. Um, if you're wondering what's <laughs> happening in the first half hour, well, we were discussing aliens and there was a brief intermit- intermission because Ron locked out St. Jed. So what are you saying? I could've, she could have been an alien. I had to protect myself. 
I can't believe you locked the locked the porch door. You know, could have been an alien. You know, why, as why? you say, alien. I've never heard it called aliens, aliens before. Aliens, they're aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, anyways, it's uh, a peculiarity of the British, the way we speak properly. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah sure it is. Yeah, we we so, don't we don't put the letter U into it. You see, so it's alien. There is no U in alien. It is, but it's silent. I E N. There's no U in it. Was there it is, good? but it's silent, like in giraffe. I wish you were silent at some time. <laughs> anyway, speaking of St. Jam, uh, I went to investigate a site that I'm going to be I saw about. a picture. Uh, an investigation that. Now, it looks this, like a church. No, this place. It looks like a church. The little bit of the building that could be seen behind the 18. All you saw was the wall. How could you? It looked a bit churchy because there was a bit of a tower spiral. Oh, but this thing, okay, this thing has a windmill, a train oh. station, a caboose, a stone hedge, a burial mound, a Victorian house. Oh, it's a museum then. A whole bunch of piles of... It's a museum. No, it's not a museum, although it could be because it's filled with... Crap. Antiques and artifacts from all over the world, some of them are thousands of years old, but it's a private residence. Uh, so there's multiple locations, and I'm trying to figure out how to hell to investigate this damn place. Dead easy. Dead easy. All right. I'm listening to the great okay. girl of ghost hunting. Well, when dealing with such a location where there are multiple sites over a large area, Mm-hmm. Um, what what I would recommend is that you focus on focus your efforts on dealing with each one at a time before moving on to the next. Don't try and spread the resources too thinly. So if you have, say, I don't know, how big's the team? If you've got eight people, then that might be worth allocating four uh, to one zone and four to another and then work those zones until there is nothing else to be gained and then move on to the next. So what is the biggest crew that you put together for an investigation? Uh, the largest was the giant Camelard shipyards. Yeah, had, how, how many people did you have in that? We had uh, the maximum on site at any one time would have been about eight. Okay, so you only had eight people, um, we which, used, which is uh, far bigger than this. This is only 12 acres. Well, we used uh, six in one zone, and we had two on mop-up duties. So uh, as we moved on, so what we did is we, we first of all, deployed all eight to one area, one zone, mm-hmm. uh, which was an office block. And we worked that for several months until we thought that we could get no more information from it. And then we moved six of the eight to the next area, but we left two uh, behind in the first area just to keep an eye on things. And then some months, some weeks later, we moved the six onto the third zone and we moved the original two to the second zone and abandoned the first zone entirely. Yeah, see, unfortunately for me, I'm dealing with hours rather than days, so that makes it difficult. That does make it difficult because... Yeah realistically you have a very small chance of being in the right place at the right time uh in which case case, then i would suggest um 
if you have uh, the witness reports. No, it ain't going to work because according to that, every place is freaking haunted. Yeah, but there might be a pattern to be discerned. So, for example, you know, there might be a specific time in in a specific area Mm. where where things are repeated. So that might be just just for argument's sake, I'll just you know randomly yeah, pull. Yeah, yeah. So for example, a particular building may be more there may be more reports from there from an afternoon or an evening or mm-hmm. in the morning, in which case they are the times and uh, that area to focus your efforts in. Rather than just scattergunning all around the place in the hope that you would Yeah, you know, see that's the problem is I mean, we're lucky enough because it's supposed to be an anniversary haunting. Otherwise, the height of the the well, there's your first point of focus. I mean, you said there is. It's all over. Well, there's a there's one potential focus. It's an anniversary haunting. So, presumably, it it appears in the same place on on the anniversary, according to the story, at least. That's not quite what I meant by anniversary. It's not like it goes appears on the window. Every July Fourth. No, okay. it's like the the height of paranormal activity occurs on this particular day. Otherwise, more things happen on this particular day. In that case, how many people have you got in total? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I've got to put my team together before the end well, of the week. I would send. In that case, I would send pairs to the most likely areas. Oh, jeez. I like, you know, I was just warming up to your your trash and burns idea. And uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a I great mean, idea. If you Leave a if couple you, behind and move on to yeah. the next, I thought that was I mean, a good idea. Y- I, yeah, but we were doing that over weeks and months. I, I don't think it would work as effectively over hours. But what you could do, uh, if you treat it kind of like we, we might treat a poltergeist case. Okay. Uh, where, where you... Because, but, and the reason for the difference is poltergeist cases tend to be of quite short duration. You know, they happen over weeks and months rather than many years uh, in the more traditional haunt, haunting type case. Mm-hmm. So what what you do is you you make a kind of grab for it to try and get as much information as you can um, during your visits. And what right. I would then, so what I would suggest is you divide the the team into pairs and send a pair to each area, have them wait there for perhaps a third of the total time. So if you're there for six hours, send them for two, and then move that pair around, um, move another pair in to that area. Uh, so you start in one, in say say you've got four pairs of two eight people so you do areas one two three and four then after two hours you do areas two three four and five then after two hours you do areas three four five and six so you're gradually you're abandoning one uh, the first zone after four hours and you're looking at a new zone so you're sort of gradually sort of working your way through the area, giving each zone four hours and See, giving I... two two groups of two uh, so you get fresh eyes and ears on. So what I'm thinking is that 
what I might do because of the vastness of it is I might put monitors in each of the locations, which would probably be video audio monitors. Have that monitored at a central location and then do the crash and burn like you do. Bring in, pick a location to start with and bring the whole team in and do its stuff there. And then if something occurs, then you can break off a portion of that team and, and slide it into whoever. I, wouldn't, I, I, I don't think that's as necessarily as effective because. Okay, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, if, I, if you, know, you have, well, if you have remote monitoring, first of all, yep. you're going to have to allocate somebody to look at the remote monitoring. Well, that's going to happen because I always do a, a base camp. That's what I yeah, do. But you don't necessarily need that. I always do it, so it doesn't matter. We need a place, a central place where we we all yeah, go but you don't together. Have to, you don't have to do central monitoring from there. You can do it's it's, it's a easy peasy. All you do is set up a couple of cameras and you get the thing, and then it just covered. Yeah, but anyway. if there's nobody in that zone and something happens and you capture it on camera, you don't have anybody there in the zone to verify that right. the camera actually caught what it caught. No, uh, the camera is there to provide an objective backup for. Uh, a reported experience and, and the record yeah to to verify an experience and, and if you if you have audio recorders on their own in that zone and you record an anomalous sound then how do you know what it is it might be for example that you come back you play back a recorder and you hear footsteps but there is nothing beyond that recorder to suggest that somebody didn't walk just simply walk down that walk through that oh it is if you control your group of course uh, if, if, and you have to. Well, not I just do. Control, There's no if with me. Control, I do. <laughs> not just well, not just control your route, but you've also got to control every other eventuality, like there might be a caretaker, like a member of the public, like an animal might get in. There are lots of things that. I understand. There are lots of right. non-human things. So, that also say if you noises. set up a remote monitor, audio monitor, you heard some type of noise. So you send a, a team of two to investigate. So the, the team two goes in there and the the noise they find out, okay, it's it's a, a shutter on the window, for instance, just something simple. Then they can rule that out and that closes that off. Uh, yeah. If they yeah. can't find anything, then they, maybe they sit there quietly for a while and see if that sound reoccurs. Uh, you know, well, you can do it that, that way. That would be advantageous. That would but that was would be. But how are they gonna? I mean, go ahead. I'm I'm a little confused as to how you're hearing the sounds now. Through the through the base camp. How well? How is the base camp hearing the sound? Remotely. You don't have you don't have remote audio. Yeah, but we wouldn't use it like that. Well, I would. <laughs> Well, remote video and audio, I do to monitor. That's what they're. Well, we don't. We never. We never monitor audio on its own remotely because that's that's what we because because of the problem I just explained. I understand. I I totally understand what you said. If you if you have if you're going to monitor remotely, then audio and video side by side simultaneous makes sense because you can actually see if there is an explainable ordinary shutter person animal yeah. cause of the problem and then you don't have to dispatch anybody because you can simply say oh there's the problem so uh, i would uh, never say that's that's fine i would never set up audio 
in isolation. That's the video picks it, picks it up, but if the video doesn't yeah. pick it up, you but you've just said you've got audio. Out. No. Yes. I, yeah. So I would if never. If you hear up. audio, wait a minute. If you hear audio and yeah. the video does not pick up anything, then that's what you're investigating. What was that sound that the video didn't pick up? Maybe there is an explanation that is you not mentioned on video. You said you said specifically that you record audio I, in isolation. I did not. I said I included it, monitor to every place, and that's what I do. When I monitor a location, I monitor both audio well, and video. If you said recording audio and video at the same time, there wouldn't have been a, ho a whole discussion then. My because apology. we would have been singing from the same page. Okay, fine. But I thought you were recording audio on its own in isolation without no. anything else. No, I don't. Which is dumb. Right. I agree. Because you have no Good. way to verify what that sound was. Good. But then uh, we wouldn't, unless we were, uh, unless of necessity, we would not rely on remote monitoring anyway. We would use the monitoring to back up the individuals of the pairs because all our investigators never work singly. They always work as a pair. I'm just thinking because this location has is so big that don't matter we we, we would like sparse our team out all over the place it would be yeah that means spread out yeah i mean i spread out the team isn't isn't the issue but if you spread them out so that they're single manned to you know or we can go even further if you go no, over I, there and you I'll don't go do that there. no we we you know the very minimum that we allow to is two and they must right. be within we don't specify precisely but they must be within a couple of arms lengths of one another yeah. and in clear sight of one another at all times so you exactly. can't have one one hiding around the corner from the other right the two people must be able to well what we say to them is oh you have somebody hears a noise and you send one off by himself no it doesn't happen no that, that, that doesn't happen yeah, yeah yeah yes always two what, what right, I agree. yeah what we specify is that the two individuals in the in the pair must be close enough at all times that a they can see one another clearly and b they can communicate in a normal speaking voice mm-hmm so then, you know, so like it's no good having one at one end of a corridor and one at the other end, even though they can see each other, they have to shout at one another. Right. So they're too far apart. I agree with that. So that that is the that is the bare minimum smallest unit. And if 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 you require um, somebody to go and check or verify or look at, then that pair would go together. Exactly. Yeah. On that so we, we are we are together on the same yeah, in the, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we we use the video and audio as a backup to that so that they are then also backed up by the cameras and the uh video uh, the audio recording equipment yeah i mean i could spread it out but i you know i liked your idea of you know you know you you go in an area with the with yeah the, we we call it the caterpillar because yeah you know the way a caterpillar moves around right, by right. It. yeah we 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 move around the building like a caterpillar yeah so that makes sense in, in, a, in a way i like that you know clearer section or a 
building yeah. or whatever and yeah. move on to the next. If you, I mean, want, if you want to leave two behind, which is cool, I get that. So yeah, basically, we have, we have, we have um, you, well, like in the military, they always send a couple on ahead, don't they, as reconnaissance, and then the main body moves in, you know, when it's safe. We do it the opposite way. So we send them the main group, six or eight, to, to check out an entire area and then clear it. And then when they move on to the next area, we leave two behind the stragglers in case anything happens after we've gone and to make sure that we did clear everything that we were able to do. So if something happened while you, the main groove moved out, would the main groove move back into that area? It's possible depending on what, um, what happened. What happened? I mean, yeah. you have to use your judgment. It's of a course. Judgment. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of this is reactionary the way I look yeah, at it. You, it, it. It's entirely reactionary. It's, it, it's, you know, there is no, you have to respond to the ever-changing conditions. But having that too on, on mop-up, follow-up mop-up, often means that you can sometimes find pattern or an additional piece of information like uh, a noise was heard by the main group but never found mm -hmm. um, because perhaps it takes place over a longer period of time it might be like like a furnace air, going on or, yeah like yeah. a furnace or air conditioning yeah uh, so the main group might not might not find it so they move off and then the two behind left behind are there when it happens again and go oh got it Okay. Would you do experience experiments in any of the locations? No. Okay. Uh, no, we, data we, we, well, yeah, I say no, but that's again, dependent upon what the witness said. Right. Um, we might replicate what the witness was doing or better still get the witness to replicate what they were doing while we observe. But the role of our investigators is to act as passive observers. Mm. They are simply there to see and hear what they are able to and hopefully identify anything that they might experience. Yeah, this is a pretty amazing place. They have a, 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 a this this one room, I forget what, what it's called, but uh, you go in, it's like a tired of this, but kind of like you go into this little cylinder and then it, it turns around and you go out and then you come into another room, which is huge. And it's and a dome actually is a pair of stairs. You go up the stairs and it's a big dome with a, a chair in the middle of it. And, and there's a huge copper rods that come up from the earth. And this is like three stories up or two stories up. And it's got all these doodads and thingies on it and it's like it's 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 geometrically shaped with various mirrors and stuff it's a pretty bizarre place not just well you are going uh, presumably you are going to um well your team are likely to be to become spatially disorientated yeah that's the i mean i think that's pretty much what it is it's, i think you, you, you know, yeah. it, it might be in those i mean we're fortunate we have Anne and winsper and mm -hmm. she her role is to document and record the feelings impressions and experiences of the individual team members themselves mm -hmm. you know how they're feeling how um you know, what they experience physically and, me and mentally more more 
more their own uh, feelings and salutations relating to themselves, whether they're cold, tired, bored, hungry, fed up. Oh, off with okay. Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, scared, frightened, elated, happy. It, we're interested. So that's what Anne does, mm-hmm. and she does it because it it often gives us an insight if 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 there's a correlation to for you know how how our team are affected by the location and how the witness may be affected by the location because it's been documented and studied and published that the um in fact our, our mutual acquaintance dr dr o'keefe was one of a group who published an um a book called ghosted which looked at the way in which the location can affect people um, and skew their experiences. So, for example, um, a dark, damp, medieval castle dungeon may induce more feelings of fear. Um, we both know, you know, Kieran's uh, great love of mannequins and how they, you know, they how they unnerve him. So the presence of mannequins in a location, and I've been in a museum setting with uh, Kieran, where you know there were mannequins, and it does unnerve him. So that you know, so what this study looked at was how the location itself, the colours of the walls, the shapes, the the decor, the the you know the whole ambiance of the environment itself affected. Um, individuals and that must include members of the investigation team Mm -hmm. because if they have similar experiences and sensations and feelings and thoughts to those that are reported by the witness then perhaps you are dealing with an environmentally induced experience yeah but you have that same thing with your infrasound experiments as well yes you do does that you know, is that come play a role? Well, it does, but then that comes under more, um, you know, and will record people's, uh, the team's experiences to compare those with the witness accounts. But at the same time, we, we can also compare that to the physical data um, of temperature and infrasound and, uh, you know, humidity and a whole raft of other physical variables that are being observed and me- measured. Because what we're looking for is a potential cause if we can find one. Exactly. And if we don't, then that becomes a more interesting thing because the vast majority of the time we should be able to find an explanation if we look hard enough. And I don't mean they're just simply clutch at straws and go, oh, well, that's probably what happened. Um, You know, what we're looking for is as you said before, if there's a noise, you find the shutter and you observe the shutter and you say, yes, that is and the you document. cause. And you document. Well, you say that is the cause. You don't speculate and say, well, it might be a shutter and then, well, we'll leave it there and move on. That's exactly. lazy. That's lazy. Um, mm-hmm. It's rather like lazy parapsychologists who jump on bandwagons of EMF or infrasound or... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it sounds like a, uh, you know, it sounds like a good, plausible explanation. And so they will all fall back to that 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 sort of lazy explanation of, well, we can't really uh, explain what happened here and why the witnesses felt this. But it, 
the most likely explanation is infrasound, but we didn't measure it. Well, then that's a lazy explanation. Right. Because you you should be able to be able to uh, document it because technically it's not rocket science to do the methods mm -hmm. and the the expertise exists to do it so if you can't do it call in somebody who can to help you now i do want to mention one thing before i know we're getting down to the end of the show and i remember last time you were here you were discussing how our cell phones would be the next oh yeah uh, next ghost hunting yeah. equipment and uh so i have to about that in ghostology there you go. So I tried a, a new experiment at the uh, the red light science is I have a uh, one of those smart ass phones and I set it up and I was able to record the red light science audio and video for, for two hours on it. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and it has a uh, night shot. So it was yeah. a good so, quality as well. I mean, it was pretty it, amazing. It, I was I was quite time. impressed. I thought of you immediately when I thought yeah. of this experiment. Yeah. In 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 time, you know, people people we all have smartphones now, or many people have smartphones. Well, now. I have one now. Many, many people have smartphones now. You have, you know, just joined the twenty first century. Mm. Um notwithstanding that, they also have large, you know, collection of gadgets in flight cases and all manner of other and yet all of that can usually be done to a far higher standard by using a smartphone. Instead of doing that, what they use is apps on their smartphone with ghost radars and yeah, know. EVP devices and echo boxes, which is a complete waste of the technology. Yeah, we got we get the notice, so we got to wrap it up. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, anyways, uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles. Um, international Steve and Ron. Now, if you have any comment on ghost hunting or, or a way that you do it, uh, or aliens, or aliens, please let us know. Uh, you can contact us on our Facebook page or or email us, and uh, we'll be happy to uh, discuss it with you, or, or at least uh, view your comments on the air and and see if we can discuss it then. But anyways, we got to wrap it up. Today's show is brought, uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojanet, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Memorex Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. So become a member. And the letter J and the number six and the number six. Yeah, count. Count. <laughs> All right. So we do have to go. Stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And we have a special guest, the writer and director of the film, Air to the Witch. Good night, the Blair Witch. Good day. Good night.
goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.